Hello, welcome to Chapter 3 Podcast, the show for readers of science fiction, fantasy, and romance. This is Season 2, Episode 5. Today, in honor of the holiday season, I'm joined by Leanna and special guest Alan from the Library of Alexandria to talk about Hogfather by Terry Pratchett. This is his Discworld version of a Christmas book, so seemed appropriate for the season should be fun if you guys enjoyed the podcast we'd appreciate if you take a moment to rate and review us so we can continue to reach more listeners and if you're interested in getting early access to episodes as well as exclusive bonus content with every episode consider supporting us on patreon huge thanks to all of our supporting patrons who make this possible including our world expanding patron trina you all are amazing alan thank you for joining us to talk about hogfather Thank you for having me because I love this book. Now people are going to expect me and I forgot it's me and Leanna here and people literally tune in so that we will yell at each other. It's true. Um, you can surprise them by being nice to me. I'm so I, I, had, I had like a not fully fleshed out idea for um, bonus content where I was like, I wonder if I could look up a list of like questions for marriage counseling. Oh my God. <laughs> Hogfather, it's an amazing book. <laughs> We're going to talk about Hogfather. It is good. And this is the second time we've had you on talking about Discworld. Yes. This was my first Discworld novel. This is my first. This is the, the copy Me that too. I have from, uh, from high school. I have this. This is my copy from 11th grade. I had some friends and at the lunch table, they were like drama nerds or whatever. And they're like, dude, you should read this. And I'm like, why would I read a book called Hogfather? They're like, it's the Grim Reaper as Santa Claus. And also it's funny. And I'm like, give me that. And so I read it. And I was like, this is funny. And I have no idea what is happening in this book. Why are there, what is this teeth palace? What is going on? But it was funny and it was smart. And I caught some of the references. And then I read all of Terry Pratchett's bibliography. And when I went back and read this, when I got to it, because I started at the beginning. And then when I got to Hogfather again, I read it again. And I'm like, I understand more of what is happening. And then when I read it again, I was older and I'm like, I understand more of the references because I know more things. So I love Hogfather. It's still one of my faves. I might definitely think that like, it's like Nightmare Before Christmas, except brilliant. Yes. It's like Nightmare Before <laughs> Christmas with an actual denouement. Like the only thing that Nightmare Before Christmas has over this is like Danny Elfman singing, which is yes. like a treat at all times. But otherwise, Hogfather's better. Yeah. Yeah, this is so. This is only my second Discworld book. The first one was when I had read Guards Guards, yeah. and I like this better than Guards Guards. It's later. It's later on. Pratchett yeah. has hit, hit his. Um, this is like his twentieth Discworld novel. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he had hit his stride. The, I mean, the later, the later um, watch books are better than Guards Guards. I rate Guards Guards highly because of nostalgia factor. Okay. Um, but Night Watch is. Is is brilliant, um, Leanna's face. <laughs> it's still five stars, Leanna. It's just not as five stars as Hogfather. Um, but I mean, again, well, I I don't know. Like I like I like Commander Vimes, so I'm gonna like anything that has Commander Vimes in it. But yeah, no, I get it. I mean, I understand when people like Hogfather better. I completely yeah. understand. Well, I think, and and maybe we can talk about like people's feelings on it. I think the thing that I liked about this is it had like the humor and wordplay stuff, but it also had like bigger ideas. It was playing with in a way that I don't think Guards Guards really did. That is that is another symptom of later later Pratchett books. The Guards I just finished for the first time. I read a I read a Discworld book for the first time last week. My first Discworld book in 20 years uh, that I read that I hadn't read before, and it was the last City Watch book. And the arc of that of that narrative, it goes from being you know humorous, but there's not. I mean, what really big ideas are in Guards Guards? Don't summon a dragon, right? Yeah. To Men at Arms, which is still funny, deals with racism. Feet of Clay, which is still still a little funny, but deals with you know what is slavery, what is um what is alive, what does it mean to be alive? And then we go to Jingo, which is funny and talks about like you know, foreign war. And then we hit a point to where they stop really being funny and start being more about what you're talking about. These larger thematic things. so amazing. Snuff, the one I just finished, is the darkest Discworld book I've read so that far. That sounds like my cup of tea. <laughs> like it was, it, <laughs> nice. It was the darkest Discworld book I'd read so far. There was not, Snuff wasn't funny. Um, I mean, it was, you know, it has the clever stuff that mm -hmm. Brad is. 
but it wasn't funny. But it was, I was just like, oh my gosh, why is this book so freaking dark, Pratchett? Pratchett, as he aged, got more, he got kind of more angry at well, so the problems I'm just curious, in the world. Like, because hmm. I mean, I often think about like Good Omens and like Neil Gaiman just generally being kind of darker and how like when you have them together in Good Omens, you get some, I just attribute, obviously I don't know, but I attribute the more dark elements to Neil Gaiman and the more whimsical, funny things to Terry Pratchett. Mm -hmm. But so I'm wondering like where in his life slash like his bibliography did Good Omens happen? Like, was he in dark Terry mode? When he wrote Good Omens? I think Good Omens was in 2000, 2001. Well, that's interesting. So this was 1996. Yeah. Which uh, Hogfather was? Yeah. Yeah. And then Guards, Guards was like, what, 89, 90, 91 or something like that? I don't know when Good Omens came out. Oh, Good Omens. Oh, no, no. Good Omens was, was Neil Gaiman's first book. It's 1990. So this was. Oh, wow. This was okay. still like. So I was correct to attribute. Happy whimsy to do yeah, that shit. At least for at that point. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, but like seriously, like that, like they just it goes like this. And 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 like I finished the the city watch and I was just like, I was emotional. One, because you know, I've been the first Discworld book in forever. And two, I love Vimes and just the end of the story. But it was a I mean, it was a it was good, but it was a it was not a it was not pleasant. Um so yeah, and so, so yeah, I mean that's that, that's 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 Pratchett. It's just like Color of Magic and Light Fantastic. I don't even like, and I love I love Pratchett, <laughs> but he hadn't really kind of found his footing. We mm -hmm. I, we first see Pratchett really kind of finding it in Mort, Book Five, and then Guards Guards in Book um, Eight. I think it's Guards Guards. That's really the first book that really kind of feels like what Pratchett books eventually became, like the proto one. And the earlier ones are way, much funnier, in my opinion. They are much <laughs> funnier, but then they start being about these bigger ideas, and then they kind of get a little darker. Mm -hmm. And um, like from what I hear, one of the We Free Men books, She Shall Wear Midnight, begins with something that is just like in place in a grimdark book. And you know, I've, I've heard about well, it. Like, you yelled at Pratchett me for book? that. You yelled at me for the fact that the only Pratchett books or the only Discworld books I had, other than Hogfather, were the Way Free Ben books. But that I sounds like I, I made the right choice. I haven't read them yet. I mean, they're, they're his YA series, but I have not read them yet. I've only read the first two, so I'm I'm working my way back to those. But yeah, and so Hogfather, I think, has a lot. Of, like, it talks a lot about belief and the power mm -hmm. of belief, which I really like. I like that stuff in my yeah. fantasy books. Um, I don't know if this began that or that came first, who knows, but you know, it talks about belief and things like that while still being really funny. The fact that well, also both, like one of my favorite N word is hilarious. <laughs> one of my favorite like, types of humor just in general is taking things so literally that it's ridiculous. Yeah. And so that's one of my favorite things about Hogfather. And Pratt, I mean, Discworld in general does that, but like, I feel like in Hogfather, like the literalization of so of many things. But the computer. Oh, like, X. yeah. Oh my gosh. I like that was, that was very entertaining. <laughs> yeah. Hex, I forget what book Hex comes in first. It's one of the wizard books. Interesting. Um, but yeah, that's Ponder Stibbons. He's the only wizard that isn't out of his office gourd. He's the only one that is mm -hmm. not incompetent, you know. Hex um, is like a big part of this book, I feel yeah. like. Yeah, um, the wizards are much – for this being a death book, the wizards are huge in this one. Mm -hmm. They're pretty big in Reaper Man too. There's a big <laughs> crossover between the wizards in those two. Um, yeah. But I think the death books intersect the other books more than really any of the any of the other sub-series. Because mm -hmm. Nobby and Colin are in this one too at the toy shop, aren't they? Uh, yeah, briefly. Yeah, the, I mean, not, not, toy shop. Mm -hmm. they just don't like, aren't as big a part of it, but yeah, yeah he the, Hex and the, the wizards are, are pretty significant. And the bathroom, thing. the bloody, stupid yeah. bathroom yeah. plot, which I was almost like, what? And also <laughs> which, you, I which you never really even find out like what exactly the issue was with it in the first place. <laughs> bloody, stupid Johnson. When I was, when I was uh, in high school, I didn't know what a Veruca gnome was. I didn't realize that Veruca is British for wart. It's the Latin word for wart. Well, oh, wart you know, one of the kids in Willy Wonka. I did not Veruca know that either. Salt. Yeah, that's what I kept thinking Which of. That was sense. all I knew. Okay. Which makes sense. But yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know. Like that oh, it was. It, it I didn't know wart. that either. Oh, that's in, that makes a lot more sense. I was like, what is this? Well, like, I mean, I that's the old, the old like urban legend of you go, if you go barefoot in a shower, like that's how, that's one of the ways that you can get warts. And oh. he's like, because the Veruca gnome comes and brings them to you. 
Okay. And, the solve makes so much more sense now. Yeah. I was always like, I feel like I'm missing something there. <laughs> I did too. Like <laughs> reading Cratchit for the first time, going through all these books and not understanding how British ha like a ton of this crap is. I'm like, I don't know what this is. It's just <laughs> like, I read Fanny Adams. I, I'm That's a reference that's still so British. It's not in this book. It's in one of the other ones. I literally had to look it up because I'm like, what is sweet Fanny Adams? And it means... It literally means nothing. So, I was, but I'm like, that's too British for me. And I'm the most <laughs> British person I know. It's true. Oh, no. No actual British booktubers, but okay. They don't know anything about being British. I ask them all the time. That's so funny. Let's go out and slay them. <laughs> Albert, that was a pune or play on words. <laughs> ha, ha, ha. I think it's ho, 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 master. Ho, ho, ho. Don't actually have to watch the adaptation. Alan it's will so do a three-hour reenactment. I'm going to have to watch that adaptation at some point. Book. Yeah, no, this was really fun. I also liked that it talks about the socioeconomics of the holidays because that's, I mean, that's, you know, like that's a real thing that there are children who get lots of very expensive gifts and children who get very little and well, like, like the thing of like I mean I already like humor that takes things very literally and then Christmas is one of those holidays that like if you stop and think about a single part of it it makes zero sense so if that's the holiday you're picking to make everything literal and we're mm -hmm. gonna pick apart how literally this is supposed to all go down and we're not gonna gloss over it we're mm -hmm. gonna delve like this just ripe for comedy <laughs> yeah yeah and Pratchett like talks about he, he like Pratchett's a class warrior like the socioeconomic stuff that's all mm -hmm. over like Vimes is the ultimate class warrior um in 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 the the watch books after if I had any, same like, thing if I was at all confused about why Alan likes Terry Pratchett I think I would have just now figured it out yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, I mean but it's true like some I've, I've seen recently online where it's like if um if you're getting your kids like something expensive for Christmas, label it as from mom and dad, and then label like the the smaller stuff from Santa. That way, oh, you know, when they're going like, hey, Santa gave me a freaking mm -hmm. PlayStation 5, and he gave you a rock. Santa hates you. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, well, that's I understand, but I never thought about that when I was younger. So I mean, my brother I and I thought about it a lot because like my parents literally the only things from Santa were what could physically fit in a stocking. And nice. so like, it was like gum and a ruler and like all those like things you get from like, basically from like cost plus world market. That's, you know, like it's Shakespeare mints that have, it's like a punny <laughs> tin of mints and like, it's that's like cute stuff. Play on words. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I mean, I mean, one year I had like a complete crisis because I got Santa's coal gum. So it was like a, this little like clever packet of like this like little red sachet that has like these little oh, I remember like, that. candy covered gum. I it's like you know, black. So it looks mm -hmm. kind of like coal. And I was like, is this like a warning? Like, you know, it's it's gum this time, but you were borderline. And I didn't tell my parents I was worried about that. I just took it and was like, message received. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's so funny. I told my mom years later, she's like, oh my God, I had no idea that you were so bad about it. I mean, that was a very logical conclusion though, Leanna. Um, yeah, so I didn't grow up with Santa. My parents were like, we're going to tell you about the story of the real St. Nicholas and we give you all the things. So we ended up doing it in our family just because our kids were excited about it. Although I think my seven-year-old now is like questioning some stuff. But the way we've done it is... Santa does one thing. Mm. Everything else is from parents and grandparents. Yeah. <laughs> like you get one, you can ask Santa for one thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there was no asking for Santa, for things from Santa. Oh, Santa yeah. was giving you junk from Cosmos World Market. Yeah. <laughs> I I really like Susan in this book. I um, love Susan so when much. I, again, first time reading this, I had no idea, like, you know, like when you start at Mort, you see Mort and Death's daughter, um, Isabel, uh, you know, get together. And then they have they have Susan, whose last name is Stohelet, because Mort is the Duke of Stohelet. And so you see, you see Mort in the first book. No one's in, in Reaper Man except Death. 
And then in soul music, Susan has her first, you know, her first book and then Hogfather, you know, she's here too, but I had no idea. Like they talk, they mentioned some backstory things and I'm like, I don't know who that is. I like um, her. She's fun. I love Susan. I love Susan. Don't get scared. Get angry. Yeah. And she, um, <laughs> she's played by Lady Mary from Down Abbey. Yeah, Michelle oh. in, the, in the adaptation. She I, does a great I need- job. Just I great. need to watch the adaptation. She would be good at that. I mean, I will warn you, Bethany, I think it's three hours. So like, I, when my mom complains about being on why would for all day, it's, it's fine. A, I'll watch it. I'll book. watch it in shifts. It's a 400-page <laughs> book. You want a one-hour adaptation? They they keep in the bath crap with Rid Killy. <laughs> they really like, do pretty much keep in everything. Like, it's it's a mo- one of the most faithful adaptations of anything that I've ever seen. Yeah. Oh, it's it's, it's really it's really good. I'll have to like either block out a lot of time or watch it in it's in well, I, mean, I was gonna say it originally aired on television, so it's like broken up. Okay. Well that that, that yeah. works. I think it's, it's like in two parts. I think there's part one, which is an hour and a half. So it's just it's just Oh yeah. That I can do. Can watch part two. I'm just very like I, I watch so little that people wonder how I read as much as I do. It's because I watch very little television. <laughs> I just started watching the show You, which I've discovered is a really difficult show to talk about in text, like conversations, like saying I'm obsessed with you, or you um, put it all caps. It's time for you, or oh, I need to comment just in case anybody was listening and and misunderstood what I said about how the Raven doesn't want to say the N word, the N word being Nevermore because his name is Quoth, and guys, this is the first Pratchett pun that I remember remembering, and. I thought that was both the bee's knees and the cat's pajamas simultaneously. <laughs> the fact that the Raven's name is Quoth and he refuses to say nevermore. I wonder if, because I mean, I've read a lot more funny. Gaiman and I read Gaiman first. Um, I wonder if that was a nod to Pratchett when Gaiman wrote in American Gods when there's a Raven that's like following him around and. Um, Shadow asks oh, him to say nevermore. Yes. And he says, Fuck you. <laughs> yes, oh, it is. It yeah. Is I remember that because I've read American Gods. I do remember that. Because, like, I had no context for that being a reference. I just by itself, I was like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Yeah. There's like little things that, like, one thing that took me a minute to figure out. And then once I did, I was like, oh, that's kind of funny, is when they were talking about Hex. Because, it, you know, for anybody listening, Hex is like, they literalize a computer. So, like, Hex has a mouse. For anyone listening, we haven't to. explained what Hogfather is at Oh, all. yeah. We probably oh, should. We should do that. We should. <laughs> that's true. The plot. We we can do that. No. Um, but, okay, but briefly with Hex, one of the things is there's a line where they're like, yeah, we don't really understand how we, how Hex works. Like, why he needs all these, like like s- small religious paintings or something and i was like what and i was like oh icons icons okay got it <laughs> absolutely bethany you have just added to my understanding last time i read hogfather i did not get that really that is amazing <laughs> that is amazing Yes, That's brilliant, <laughs> absolutely brilliant. Yeah, it's been like fifteen years since I read Hogfather, something like that. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's been a while. Yeah. Um, Hogfather is about okay. So in Discworld, they have Hog's Watch instead of Christmas, and the Hogfather is this big anthropomorphized boar who wears a Santa suit and goes and brings food and presents to kids i mean he is saint nick he just has the face of a pig yeah and he has been kidnapped by this crazy assassin named uh teatime um it's spelled tea time but it's not pronounced (laughs) that way and he's insane he's got one eye that's like like glass or something he's been hired by the auditors so the auditors of reality are in the death books they hate abstract concepts they think that everything should follow logic and a set of rules and they're these just like capes that float in the air and complain they are an abstract concept which is yes and they yeah yeah (laughs) and so they hire him to to essentially kill the hog father and so tea time gets a group of bandits and they kidnap the hog father and the problem is when they do like there's all this extra i guess i think there's just extra belief floating around yeah because of that all of these other concepts start popping up like the oh god of hangovers because like apparently belief is what fuels the existence of hogfather so if he's not around to be like receiving the belief then there's just like extra spillage right like an oil spill right right but belief is also apparently what makes the sun come up the next day so without 
belief in the Hogfather, like the world's going to end. So death, who is already has faced the auditors in Reaper Man, death is like, all right, guys, suck it. Because again, if you've read up to the death books, death, he just wants to do something else. He just <laughs> wants to do something that isn't where people hate him. And this, he has this job. Everyone waits for him. They're so excited. It's going to be the Hogfather. He's like, I can do that. I will be the Hogfather. So and he so puts he like takes, a cushion under his yeah, clothes. Yeah, so he takes over it and the, cushion, the pillow falls out. It's like a couch cushion. It falls out. And yeah. so he's watching death try to learn how to be the freaking Hogfather is so funny. And he's got Albert, who is his Albert, is an evil wizard who got trapped. You know, he's got like th like three hours left to live in the real world or whatever. So he has to stay near death. And he's just this he's just his butler, and he dressed like an elf, and he's got this drippy nose and this half like rolled up cigarette in the corner of his mouth, and glasses and his spectacles. And then he's drinking nose. all of the wine that's left for the hog father. Yeah, yeah. All, all, yeah. The yeah. Eating all of the, all the sherry. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just it's just so funny because death is trying. He is trying his best. Meanwhile, Susan is trying to find the Hogfather. Who is Susan for those listening? Susan death. is uh, Death's granddaughter. Yeah, Death's granddaughter, because and the death. best governess that you could ever she's wish so, for. She, yeah, she's great. Yeah, she she actually she knows that the monsters under your bed actually exist, so she takes a fire poker and just beats them to death. And yeah. it's like, get out. <laughs> It's great. Don't get she's scared. A, get angry. She is fantastic. She's a great character. Yeah, so it's kind of a wild ride, but I like that it's got these bigger themes that it's exploring and it's funny and yeah, I really I I liked it. I know you mentioned the uh oh god of hangovers, which that was funny too because it's like not just the god of hangovers but the oh god. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh, I hate him. <laughs> yeah like, like all of these things start coming coming up yeah um, the you know the the they they talk about like we talked about at the beginning the veruca gnome which is mm -hmm. a little gnome it's a little gnome that brings warts and that's how you get them it's um, like the time you attribute like oh well this happened like the for example like the gremlins this isn't in here but the gremlins that tangle up your freaking cables right if you said that you hear a tinkling of tiny bells and then that thing appears mm -hmm. and that's happening all over the Discworld while the Hogfather is kidnapped. Yeah. There's also just like so many random little looks at things happening around the city on this this evening. And Death kind of mucks things up because he wants things to be more fair. Yeah, he's trying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say the hog or the death came in and decided to like redistribute the wealth of mm -hmm. the Hogfather's holiday. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, like he had, there's the whole like subplot where he takes all the food from a fancy restaurant and gives it to these homeless guys and then takes their boots and mud and gives it to the restaurant. So the restaurant finds ways to make like fancy food out of boots and mud and mud and like, like use French words to like sell it to their customers. I forgot about that. That's fantastic. I, death is. Death has his, he's got the Christmas letters that are written to Santa. Mm -hmm. It's like, I see the girl writes in green crayon on pink paper with a mouse in the corner. The <laughs> mouse is wearing a dress. He's just pointing it out like, look at this. Look at this thing that I've gotten. <laughs> he's so, Death is so excited. Which is to be also part mean, like his, the way yeah. that like the kids asking him for stuff is like, well, this is the contractual arrangement where you ask for a thing and then I give And you I a give thing. it to you. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, be naughty or nice. Right. You know, he's just, he's so happy to be part of something. Like, Death's, Death also has this kind of childlike wonderment with, with the holiday as he tries to figure it out. He, by the end, is having a blast going, ho, ho, ho. He's <laughs> riding around saying ho, ho, ho. So fun. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, this is why it's compared to Nightmare Before Christmas. Because yeah. you have a skeleton in Santa's suit replacing Santa. Yeah. And trying, like, doing it with good intentions. Yeah. Yes. The whole thing, because they do sort of 
kill the Hogfather, but can't totally kill him. And like the way that whole plot wraps up is interesting because a lot of it is getting into like the pagan origins of holidays. Yeah. Yeah, it's just fascinating that like these old gods turning into something new, like doing something new. Well, again, I mean, it just, it reminds me of American gods, which is why, I mean, it's no accident Mm. that they're friends and whatever that, I mean, that's what American gods is all about, about gods reinventing themselves because they're fueled by belief and like, well, people believe something else now so adapt or die and and pratchett pratchett was a brilliant a brilliant man like his command of the english language picking the right word at the right time no matter what and reforming all these things without then you have to set up a joke it just it's just there and you see it or you don't it's not important to the story whether you got it or not but he knows so much about so many things and having read most of the the discworld bibliographies like there's so many references or so many of these these deeper richer more historical things that he is playing off of that you know when you read it you may not know when i first read it i didn't know anything about uh you know all the the those pagan origins of the things i was just like oh there's a big mm-hmm. boar that these dogs are chasing and you know death has to or susan has to to, to stop them from killing the hog father but the fact mm-hmm. that death was keeping the belief alive is why he doesn't die because right. you know death People thought the Hogfather's real because death is still doing the job. But all of that, like all of that stuff in the background, the echoes of the of the past and, you know, because it's very it's very tonally jarring. It's tonally dissonant when compared to, you know, kind of the happy go lucky stuff that's happening there. And then you've got this really stark, dark, like before there was man, there were the old gods kind of feeling. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's just, I mean, yeah. he's really good at blending those two things when he like really starts hitting his stride with with this kind of stuff. Well, actually, I mean, I think that uh, so this comes up both in terms of guards, guards, and in terms of uh, the Magnus Chase book that we just read last month, where like I talked about how like I like when you have darkness juxtaposed with light, when you have tragedy juxtaposed with humor, because yeah. it makes the tragedy more tragic and the humor more funny. And that's why I, I like Shakespeare, that. because he's always yeah. blending the two. So like, I mean, Magnus Chase was just all jokes all the time. So I didn't find it funny. And guards, guards was kind of all jokes all the time. So I was just like, okay, like this yeah. is the jokes, but yeah. like, I don't have anything here to like, sink my teeth into whereas hogfather has enough of like this talk about belief and about the old gods but you also have like insane whimsical absurdity but like it's it's more absurd and more funny because it's juxtaposed with the darker stuff yeah and it's it's i mean it's nearly impossible for me to separate guards guards from the rest of the watch canon because i know Mm -hmm. what comes after it and Mm -hmm. guards guards is what begins that reinvention of samuel vimes and the watch so Mm -hmm. i know what it becomes so I'm not even, I'm, no, I'm 100% right. certain. I am unable to make an objective judgment about guards, guards anymore. I can't <laughs> because it's so tied in to Samuel Vimes, who is probably my favorite character in all of fantasy. And so even though, yeah, I mean, guards, guards, like I can name kind of the thematic stuff for all of the seven that come after it. Mm-hmm. With the exception of guards, guards, because I mean, there's not a ton of thematic stuff. It's just a really, it's a funny take mm-hmm. on the secret society, the film noir genre, and um, you know, dragons. And yeah. uh, it is, it's very funny. It's very funny. Um, it is. It's the funniest of his of his early novels by far. Yeah, I I think I'm like similarly to Liana. That was the thing with me with Guards Guards is that reading it all at once, I was like, yeah. like it was. I found it very funny at the beginning, and then later on, I was like, okay, I can see that this is funny, but I'm just like, I find I do find it exhausting to read lengthy books that are just funny. Yeah, it just doesn't work. No, as I often well. found myself thinking that, like, if you did a half an hour sitcom that was like based on Guards Guards, it and, would be like, hilarious. You'd have these snippets of it, and like, oh, that's funny. But like, if you had, because like, uh, I right. love the show, um, The Upstart Crow, which is like a sitcom about Shakespeare, but it's like twenty minute episodes. But like, yeah. if that was like stretched into like novel length, or they're in like a two or three or, hour like a movie, full movie, I'd be like, this no. is, I'm exhausted. No, <laughs> this is too I, much. Well, and that's how I felt about, um, like, I, I watched the movie version of what we do in the shadows and that was how i felt about that where i was like okay this is funny but it's getting old <laughs> like there's I, nothing else i saw on broadway a show called the play that goes wrong and it's mm-hmm. to this day the funniest thing i've ever witnessed in my entire life i could not stop laughing but it dragged on about 30 minutes too long about half an hour before the end i was like this is still funny 
but I, I mean, I can't really laugh anymore. Like this has been nonstop sight gags, line gags, like just not like nonstop. Is and that I, and similar like, to the goes wrong show? Yes, it's it's the it's the play upon which the show was based. Now the the, the twenty minute episodes, like perfect length, exactly. Mm -hmm. uh, and the show again, the actual play is the funniest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. But by the end, I'm like, it's got to this has got to be over. It's still the funniest thing I've ever seen, but I'm tired. So yeah. we, like we got we got to move on. Yeah, this is great because it does a good job of blending like the humor with the bigger ideas and, and stuff. You know, so it's I like yeah. a story that also you kind of care about. It's not just yeah. like a story to have the excuse for jokes all the time. Like right. there's an actual story there that you want to see resolved. Like you want to see the Hogfather come back and yeah, like death. You know, needs to. Yeah. This is temporary. Obviously, like we need to fix this. Like you're actually yeah. invested in yeah. seeing it fixed. You, Liana, you, I don't, you should read Weird Sisters, which is literally Macbeth. I, I think a, I have that one. Yeah, it's 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 Macbeth, but <laughs> like it's it's literally Pratchett doing Macbeth. It's I mean, that sounds really great. good. It's really good. Weird <laughs> it can't be worse than favorites. Joe Nesbo doing Macbeth, which was one of the worst things I've ever read in my entire life. <laughs> I don't even understand what that means. <laughs> He did. That sounds of, terrible. The Hogarth Shakespeare's were like, you know, authors being like commissioned to retell Shakespeare. And most of them gave them new titles. But Joe Nesbo wrote a book called Macbeth. So super creative. And it's this long. And it's like Shakespeare's shortest play. <laughs> and it is, I was like, sir, I don't think you understand what Macbeth is about. And this isn't it. And this is too long. Is he's like a Scandinavian or something thriller author, I want to yeah. say? Yeah. Yeah, I do want to read more of these. Like, I think so. The only other one I currently own because it went on sale in this edition is Equal Rights because I'm definitely I feel like I would be into that. So, <laughs> Let's see, Equal Alan's Rights a fan. Book, Equal Rights is book three. Um, okay. Equal Rights is <laughs> it's. Uh, I mean, it was on sale for a reason. It, it is better. It is better than Color of Magic and Life Fantastic, and it does okay. introduce Granny Weatherwax. So when okay. you read Equal Rights. I think you will like the character of Granny Weatherwax. She's awesome. She is a okay. really excellent character. She's like, you know, she's just a take on the the Wicked Witch, but she's not. And she doesn't even like to use magic. She just like glares at people and uses kind of like reverse psychology on people. And, you know, she's just no nonsense. So I love Granny Weatherwax. But Equal Rights, again, doesn't really feel like one of the later Pratchett books. So it's a lot more like playing on fantasy tropes, so it feels more like a fantasy book. Okay. Um, but I like Equal Rights better than the first two, for sure. For sure. And I like it better than Sorcery, which is later. Like, mm -hmm. you know, a witch book, any witch book is better than freaking Rincewind. I, I hate Rincewind so much. <laughs> I don't like him at all. But that's the first one. Weird Sisters is the second witch book. Mm -hmm. um, oh, I just ripped my book. I just accidentally tore the... Oh the, no! The cover. It's a dry <laughs> from being musty. That's pretty, <sighs> well, I think that means there. it's time for you to acquire this edition. It's expensive, and I have this mass market paperback. Do you know how beautiful this is? I got like, I got like marks in the margin where I wrote. Ha -ha. Look, this has a ribbon bookmark. That's nice. It's very Show me nice. what the inside looks like. What does this? What does the words look like? I can't see that. Well, that's nice. Yeah, it is I very have, nice. It's very I nice quality. Ha ha in location. No, these are these are uh they're very nice editions and very they are actually really nice. Comfortable like, one day comfortable I plan on collecting read. all of those. Um yeah. I'm kind of I have a bunch on my wish list and I'm just kind of like keeping an eye on them and if they go on sale, like equal that's, rights went on sale. So yeah, I was any book cover with an optical illusion is gonna be a winner. Yeah. Oh nice. Yeah, Jesse was saying she has like an on a on like a shopping app and she's notified whenever one goes on sale. Smart, yeah. Yeah, because they are a little pricey, but they're they're very nice. I actually, it's funny because I know you said you started, you read this because somebody told you to in high school. I have a friend who I'm pretty sure told me I should read it in high school. And I was like, yeah, that cover is ugly. I'm not reading cover, it. Look at it. <laughs> it's hideous. That's why I didn't yeah. want to read it. But then they yeah. told me what it was about. And I'm like, that sounds good. I'll read that. Yeah. yeah. It looks like a melting peppermint. What's not to like? It's Christmas. It's candy cane. It's so good. Yeah. It's so good. The, well, I don't know what they were doing. Like the American covers are not good. Oh, HarperCollins. I like them. I like them better than the current American covers. The current American covers are the skinny, crappy paperbacks that are just terrible. 
Um, they're all like the really, the really, they're, they're not as wide as the normal paperbacks and they're taller. So, oh. and the spines are like, you know, freaking vacuum sealed. Oh. Uh, they're just terrible. So I love these old MMPBs. I used to have them all in this format. And mm -hmm. then an ex-girlfriend was reading them and then didn't give them back to me. And I was like, can you bring back my books, please? No. 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 What a trollop. Seriously. <laughs> Don't take my book. Uh, like give people their books back. Yeah, yeah I've, I th I've kind of stopped lending out very many books because there's yeah. so many I've just. I never literally just back. like buy the book for someone instead. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. can I borrow it? I'm like, I will buy it for you. <laughs> I will buy you a copy. That's how you do it. That's how you do it. Yeah, if you guys want to read this more Discworld, like again, like the 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 back half of the discography or the bibliography is, you know, like once. Really, after Guards, Guards is really he starts just developing his his uh, his style and you know gets gets more of those heavier thematic elements and mm -hmm. I love them. I'm going. I just finished. I'm going to start. I don't know what I'm going to start next, but I'm gonna. I'm trying to work my way back through and hit the books that I didn't read because um, I stopped reading for like ten years. And some point when I stopped reading, he was still alive and writing books, and so I just haven't read any of those that he produced when I wasn't reading anything. But so, so would we say Hogfather is a family book and a family movie? I think it is. Yeah. My my wife doesn't if it was, if it was if it was like violent or scary or something, my wife wouldn't have watched it. She watched it and loved it. I mean, not so. even necessarily that it's too scary, but I mean, I just think like would kids just find it boring because most of it would go over their heads? That's a good point. Yeah, I maybe it, young children would. Like and because I'm just thinking about like the movie, like would this be a movie that you watch every year with your family? Like I feel like well, as a kid, like you'd just be like, it's you know kind of like the the visual of it, you know, the spectacle of the adaptation would be entertaining to you at first, but then it's three hours, so you'd be like, yeah. well, I'm bored now. Well, I don't think little kids, I don't think younger kids like Nightmare Before Christmas either. I, I wasn't allowed to no. watch it when I was little, so I have no oh, idea how. It when it came out in '93, yeah. I went and saw it, and me, I was just like, "This movie sucked." I thought I was seeing a Disney movie. I was like, "I hate this." Yeah, I, I didn't like it either. But... Yeah, I didn't like it either. I was a lot older when I saw it. How does ja explain to me? Jack Skellington says in the same song, "There's white things in the air," and then in the next verse says, "There's children throwing snowballs." What is it, Jack? Do oh you my know god, Alex, know this or not? Like, okay, so this year, <laughs> uh, my brother and I hadn't watched Nightmare Before Christmas in like literally years because like we had gotten sick of it because like, you know, there was a period where we watched it all the time and that we were just like tired me. of it. So now it was so long since we'd seen it. So on Halloween, we watched Nightmare Before Christmas and the whole time during all the songs and all the lyrics, he and I were like, well, that doesn't make any sense. Wait, why would he know what that means? Like, why does he know what that's called? Why would he say that <laughs> like, the whole time? What, which is it, Jack? Do you know what snow is? Yay or nay? I mean, so many things fall apart if you look at them too closely. <laughs> like, true. let's figure Don't it tug on the thread of the sweater. Don't no. do it. Yeah. Yeah, I overall it was fun. I do want to I do want to read more Discworld books. I Probably feel like managed not I, to talk about at all the Tooth Fairy situation that is in Hogfather. Oh yeah. We didn't talk plot. about that at all. So you have the the Hogfather plot, which is fun, death. But then you have like the really serious, like almost spooky plot in the Tooth Fairy's Palace, where wow. like the power of children's teeth, the teeth that they lose can actually actually has power and it's all very and this and people start and the the bandits like they start hearing they start being faced with the things that they're most afraid of and yeah. the thing that you know banjo fears the most or no sorry the things that davy fears the most is his mom because the, their mom used to beat them and stuff so he starts seeing his mom and everything that yeah, so I think this answered my original question. Not for children. <laughs> no, oh, yeah. True. Yeah. True. I always it's kind of well, and there's the whole thing of that they like put the teeth in a magic circle to try to like control the children with yeah. their teeth that they lost, which is also creepy. Yeah, it's like a little mini horror plot in the middle of this. <laughs> yeah, that's the tea time thing. And I was saying almost anything know. to do with tea time me is a horror plot. <laughs> yeah, I know. He's and, creepy. And then, you know, like freaking. Everyone dies. Like everyone in that in that tooth fairy castle just bites it. It's oh man, it is. It but is they but but because it's a children's castle, they just disappear. Yeah, like and you don't they, see them die, which I thought was funny. And then, so. then they're, they're, I think their body reappears 
somewhere in the, else uh, in the in the real world like they yeah. disappear because they're in this kind of magical you know fairy zone yeah and then they whoof, yeah it's good stuff it, go read it it is it's good there's a lot happening it sounds weird but it's 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 fun so uh yeah at some point i'll read more books i just i feel like i need breaks in between like this this was a good span of well i'm trying to think like when did i read well, Garth's a Terry Pratchett book is a little bit like drinking out of a fire hose he just yeah. is throwing so much at you. There's, yeah. Like, I don't feel like I could read these books back to back. I did that. Again, when I worked through them, <laughs> the only thing I read was Pratchett. I read, like, I think he had, like, maybe 30 books out at the time, maybe 26 yeah. or something. I That's the only thing I read until I was done. I only read Discworld. And this is why when I talk about, like, I think Pratchett is, like, the author that changed my life the most. Because I think so much of what I find funny today like so much of my sense of humor was forged in 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 the fire of Discworld, just from because that's that's all I read. That's all I read. It's all I talked about. You know, mm -hmm. I read like when I when I started dating, I like I was like, y'all should read this, and they would read them, and then like you, know, you were just would... approached every new person like a Jehovah's Witness, except yeah. with Sir Terry Pratchett. Yeah. Like, you heard the good news of yes. Discworld, and then the next and then the next girlfriend, I'm like, hey, have you read this? And then you find out long after you know long after y'all aren't together anymore, they still talk about Discworld all the time. I'm like you're welcome. You're welcome. Stop losing my books. Well, I talk about it because they still have your books. <laughs> yeah, one of them does. One of them does. But yeah, I mean, they're like I think, I think sometimes Discworld can be overhyped uh, in people by people like Alan. I mean, if anybody who's taking advice from me, like that, doesn't know that I am overly excited about things, Liana. Like I think I think people just expect more from them than they're mm -hmm. going to get. Like mm -hmm. I I find them funny and I don't I mean I laughed I guess I laughed out loud a couple times like the first time I read a few of them, but I don't laugh out loud really at when I read all of them. I just mm -hmm. think they're really clever mm -hmm. and I like that. And sometimes I don't the say climax that's true. Most is books that I think are funny because my sense of humor I it's rarely something that I'm actually laughing at. Yeah. Yeah, so I like they are, they are fun to read. For, you just gotta understand what they are. Okay, yeah. you're gonna get a lot of clever wordplay. Um, there's gonna be, you know, jokes, pop cultural references in there, and then there's gonna be a plot that deals with some kind of theme. And those are hit or miss. There's there's some Discworld books I hate. I don't like moving pictures. It deals with movies, like the you know the invention of the of the moving picture. I don't like it. I think it's boring. I hate it. Eric <laughs> is a retelling of Faust. I hate it. Pyramids is the worst one by far. It deals with like aliens and the power of the triangle shape. You know, aliens coming down and making the it's I don't know what happens in that book <laughs> at all. I gave it one star and I don't give this it's Discworld and I gave it one star. I hate pyramids. Oh wow. Yeah. It. It's it's his ninth book. It's the one he wrote after God's Guards. He wasted all the good on Bimes and then I was gonna say it sounds almost like his like Terry Pratchett's uh version of Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Oh yes. But so there are there are Discworld books that I don't you know, that I don't mm -hmm. particularly love. And then there's ones that I like more than others. Um, like soul music is a good book, but I don't like music really. And I don't listen to rock and roll. And that's where most of the, that's you who like reenact musicals all the time in your Insta stories. He's not riffing on musicals. He's riffing on rock and roll. I mean, music, <laughs> not music from plays. Um, <laughs> And so, like, I don't like that one as much as people who are really into classic rock. Those people mm -hmm. love soul music. It's their favorite. My buddy. They probably also like Kings of the Wild. I guarantee you he, he would if it had been out. My buddy in high school wore a leather jacket with a wallet chain in his bus pass, you know, had his guitar all the time. He loved soul music. It was his favorite <laughs> of the death books, like, far and away because he, he just, you know. He liked all the, the music references. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I like the City Watch because I like class warfare and Samuel Vimes <laughs> as a concept of there must be a policeman for kings. Yeah. And the law applies to everybody equally, or it's not justice, it's tyranny. Like those things speak to me. And so mm -hmm. I'm just like, Vimes, let's see what do we got next. Get him, Vimes. Yeah, yeah arrest him. <laughs> you know? So, you know, there's, but there is yeah. something for everybody in yeah. practice, I do, I do think. Yeah. I know it's cool. Sorry, I'm talking too much. I, no, you're good. It's good. I literally <laughs> talk about Discworld. Man, this is this is why we brought you on for the episode. I, want, I just want to I just want to go read this. 
Like I got other <laughs> stuff to read, but I just want to read Hogfather. I mean, you can. I can't. I have to. Freaking people told me I have to read stuff. Sorry, I get it. Well, you should tell them what I tell everybody all the time. Don't tell me what to do. <laughs> Liana, you're what's wrong with this country. <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, so we're going to move on to On My Radar, where I'll share recent or upcoming book releases and sci-fi fantasy and romance that I'm excited about. Uh, books for today's episode will be released between December 7th and December 20th, 2021. I don't know if Leanna and Alan have anything. doesn't have to be in that time frame, but if there's any. Oh, okay. Any, I, the ones that I'm talking about are in that time frame. But like, really? Who's releasing a book the last quarter, the last like. Two weeks of the year. I have two books on the list, which is short. So there's only two. <laughs> but only two. Only two. Yep. I can't think of one that was released in the last three months. I this is because you don't read that many new releases. That's true. I mean that's true. What are your two? Okay. So the first one is The Righteous by Renee that? Audier. This is, is the that? the third book in the beautiful series. It's theology. Uh, what? I thought that was a duology. I thought it was a done. No, it's not. In I fact, haven't I read them. I just thought. Yeah, no, no. I think there's there's going to be at least four books in the series because it's not done yet. They're really good. I, I've read it already. It's I really liked it a lot. So it's YA historical paranormal. So it's set in 1800s New Orleans. And book one is like a murder mystery story that sort of introduces vampires. And then later on, you also get like the Fae and stuff. It's got a more diverse cast of characters. I love them. With They're every really subsequent breath, you name another thing that I hate. That's like eight things in that book that I don't like. Alan, I was not recommending it to you. I'm recommending it to some of the listeners who do like these oh, things. You said YA? I'm like, no. Paranormal? <laughs> no. Fan like romance? No. Historical fiction? I'm like, okay. But then you're like, New Orleans? No. Vampire? Wait a minute. What's wrong with New Orleans? That sounds like a wonderful setting. Everything else about swamp. it sounds like it's... That's what's wrong in New Orleans. It's a swamp. Less... And there's too many mosquitoes. <sighs> Look, you don't this actually is have I, to be in New Orleans to read about New Orleans. You get to enjoy the like ambiance without the mosquitoes when you read a book about it. What ambiance? There's so sweaty. much ambiance. Oh my goodness. See, this is why I need Izzy when talking like about this because she'd be excited about this. Vampire. Didn't they do that? Wasn't it called True Blood? Didn't they do vampires? Oh, in interview New Orleans? with a vampire. Do you not like that? No. Who likes interview with a vampire? <laughs> Many people. Many people. Not, true. Not, that's true. not me. Well, for those of you listeners who do like uh, paranormal romance and vampires and fae, you should definitely go read The Righteous. I read it and it was great. It also has a fake engagement plot, which I'm into. So it's fun. What? what? You're into yeah. people pretending like they like someone and then hurting their feelings? No. Okay, look. No. The, the, no. Okay. The way a fake engagement trope goes, Alan, is... Two people decide to pretend they're engaged for some reason. Why? And while they're pretending, well, there are different reasons. Like it might be like I, I there, can't there's think of a single situation where I'd need to do that. It might be These are because historical time period. So there it might be a historical reason. Well, in this case, it has to do with the Fae and, okay, well, and safety and safety. But it, I've read somewhere it's like over the holidays because they don't want their family to get on, get on them about being single or whatever. Anyway, people, the point is, so they have a fake, they, they like fake it, but then in the process, they end up actually falling for each other. It's great. It's fun. You can't just pretend to be dating someone. You got to go like, well, okay. So the fake engagement is usually for like more historical stuff. Oh yeah. Cause I guess yeah. they didn't just date around like, Hey, I mean, we're just yeah. talking like in the 1800s. They didn't really you know, they did. They didn't have Tinder. <laughs> I wish we didn't have Tinder now. <laughs> I like it. I, Tinder did not exist back when I was dating, so like I don't Me really. Either. And yeah. I, I, man, oh. Tinder. Yep. Um, the other book that is coming out. Both of these are coming out December seventh, by the oh, way. Right. But the uh, the right. other one is oh, a it. history of wild places by Shea Earnshaw. And this one looks pretty interesting. That's my so, book of the month. Yeah, me too. Me too. 
it's a book of the month book. So she had written a couple of like YA witchy books. I DNF'd one of them, but they were very atmospherical. So this is her first adult book and it's a fantasy mystery blend from what I understand where there's like a guy who is supposedly really good at finding people, maybe semi-magically. And there's this woman who had been an author of like macabre children's books who had gone missing and he goes looking for her and happens upon this weird town where nobody's allowed in or out and then he goes missing too and then years later like stuff starts surfacing i don't know it's like small town secrets and a weird off it, it sounds interesting so hmm. you haven't convinced alan <laughs> I, I'm not subscribed to Book of the Month for a reason. Like, I've, I've literally, on everyone's videos where they talk about it, I've not seen one book that I was like, oh, you know what? I would read that. Well, I mean, I, I wouldn't be subscribed to it if they didn't let you skip. The, the I like that they let you skip. Like, nah, I don't want any of those. So I skip. Yeah. I think this year I've skipped like three times where I'm like, eh, I don't need any of those. I would skip but... 12 times. <laughs> Which, which is which, why you're not subscribed. The purpose. I'm just gonna, like, why don't I'm like, why don't you book of the month something that I want to read? Book of the month, and they say no. So, Hogfather. Hogfather. Book of the month. <laughs> book go. of the year. Starting the book of the year club. Yeah. Anybody have uh, any upcoming releases you're excited about? It could be later than December, but I don't know when it's coming out. But RF Kuang's Dark Academia Babel. Yes. August. Sometime next year. Yeah, August. it's like late next year. But I am excited about that. Oh, and Christopher Rocchio's uh, new Sun Eater book comes out in March. That's sooner. So in March, is. Kingdom Kingdom of Death, Kingdoms of Death, comes out. It was originally going to be the fourth book and it is still the fourth book but kingdom of death or what kingdoms of death has been split into two parts so we're actually getting two sun eater books next year so if part one or like what would have what is now part one i guess is in march and then i think like in august or september we'll get uh what is now the fifth book okay essentially what would have been the second half of that one cool this has been chapter three podcast and we're your hosts bethany and liana you can find alan and our youtube channels in the show notes or in the video description if you're watching us on youtube and you can follow chapter three podcast on twitter instagram and tiktok and you can also find us on youtube or wherever you like to download your podcasts why is it chapter uh, three Okay, so I, I, I talked to me this too. <laughs> I think I talked about this in like one episode where someone asked me this. So I knew I wanted to talk about sci-fi, fantasy, and romance. I wanted something that would be like bookish, but like cross genre. So it's pulled from a line in a song from Beauty and the Beast. That's she literally what I was going to ask. <laughs> yes, that's yeah. <laughs> and also, hold on. What book reveals the twist in the third chapter? <laughs> like it's Bell a short. It maybe I mean maybe I it's a novella. Uh, no, but there are also some really long books that only have like five chapters because each That's chapter true. is like a hundred pages. Good I point. mean, I guess I think Mankin and Ashman just needed a freaking rhyme. <laughs> That's probably true. But now we have a podcast. I mean, in fairness, <laughs> chapter three makes more sense in that song than Snowballs does in Nightmare Before Christmas. That's true, because at least Belle knows what a book is. And then it's not like, what and is And again, this? like chapter three could, it's it's unlikely, but could be one of those books where it's just long chapters. So like, it's possible. But the Snowballs thing. I guess. That's so cool. I was going to ask that. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, no, so that's where it comes from. So there you go. You can follow us in all of those places. The next episode is going to be available in two weeks. I will be back here with Izzy, and we're going to be talking about our picks for the best romances of 2021 and our most anticipated romances for 2022. So make sure you tune in for that. This episode's bonus content will be available to patrons in the next few days. Thanks for listening.